Welcome to Aim High and Achieve Podcast. We had a small break over summer and now the episodes will be coming thick and fast. Today we start with Wilco Van Royen. Wilco is a world-class Dutch mountaineer, explorer, adventurer. Wilco's been to both poles, done the seven summits, no oxygen, K2, no oxygen, Everest, no oxygen, uh, climbs the mountains by fair means, we go into his philosophy about that, we talk about the ethics in mountaineering, uh, all round amazing guy, I was super stoked to get this episode, uh, finally recorded it, so dig in. Wilco, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honour to have you on. Uh, when I made my podcast list, you were right up there. Uh, you replied to me straight away, which is absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing to to get that email back. So that's brilliant. Um, I've I've got so much I want to talk to you about. Obviously, we're we're, we're limited to time. I appreciate that. So uh, North Pole, South Pole, Everest without oxygen, K two without oxygen. The Alps. I mean, where where do I start? Uh, in my childhood, <laughs> yeah, you know, everything starts if when you are a child. So, um, yeah, I I've never had a, a bucket list or something. You know, okay, in my twenties I will be doing that, in the thirties I will be doing that, and that etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, after each adventure, I I. St- at the end, or when it's almost over, I'm starting, you know, to dream about the next adventure. So, in my opinion, I've always you know the motto: dreaming, daring, sharing, and acting. Um, and and that's what's yeah, keep me uh, keep me keep me busy, busy and and running. And and I think I will be never done with that. So, you know, people who are uh, talking, when are you finished, or when are is it enough? I think it's never enough uh, as long as you are fit and, and, and able to do things and even when you are getting older you can still you know do or imagine some some interesting adventures yeah well, what year did you do the polls uh, or how old were you when you did the polls uh 1997 um it was uh what was my age um it was around my uh, my end 30 actually um okay. and yeah and and after that when when we were successful on, on you know reaching geographical north pole i started to dream of course also to go to the other side of the world and you know so it, it, how how it started all because when it, it's i it never came up in my mind to go to the geographical north pole but it crossed my path and and finally it was more one of my most interesting and and yeah astonishing expeditions i've ever did uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Mike Horn. You you probably you probably know Mike and and some of the sort of his kind of mindset is seems exactly the same as yours. You know, you 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 make one achievement, you don't rest on your laurels. You're looking for the next one. You know, you're planning for the next one. That's keeping the brain healthy, keeping the body healthy, and you know, never sort of accepting enough is enough. Just keep going. Yeah, and not because uh, you want to you want to to, to yeah uh, how you say uh, to uh, to to, um, to to be bigger or farther or or more extreme, but just to keep yourself going 
and why should you keep yourself going just because you 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 are not standing still you know and and you are developing yourself you're growing and not only in your mind but in your experiences and your 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 yeah your imaginations actually uh, is is getting bigger and bigger and bigger how 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 unbelievable uh, wonderful uh, nature is and not only nature outside but also your own nature and how this can you know um, yeah re- react on each uh, on each other and mm. i think a lot of times we don't respect uh, the nature actually enough and we are all you know uh, yeah an, 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 a big miracle actually uh, almost uh, like god you know how we can survive and we can uh, do the imaginable imagine imaginable uh, things what we have in in mind so uh, why why should you waste your time yeah i mean and i'll, I'll just point the listeners now to uh, t- to a film on uh, on you can see it on youtube called k2 the summit one thing i noticed one thing i really took out of the film which is about your your summit to k2 there's a tragedy Ter- terrible terrible incident on the descent uh, let people watch that one thing that really struck me in that was was you you were sort of what you demanded of of, of fellow people on that mountain especially you you could see you had a really close team you know you yeah. you, you were all in the you were all in the same wavelength you knew what was expected of your team and um, one yeah. thing that always in, one thing that always intrigued me with that is is when when you kind of opened up the expedition to allow the other teams to come in, you could kind of get the feeling you had such high expectations, which is you're in you're in a killer zone. You have to be like have that mindset. And as soon as you sort of let other people come into that team and, and the the bigger you got, the more problems you can have. You don't have the same mindsets, you're only as strong as the weakest link. How important is it to surround yourself with, with people who have the same mindset as you when you when you're undertaking these expeditions? Yeah, it's, it's one of the most important things, and and it sounds logical. But the strange thing is that if we do scary things or something which is ambitious, we think if there are more people involved, task will be easier. Because you think we can share the, the workload, you know, we can, you know, can we, we can make promises. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's your responsibility, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the problem is, the bigger the team, you said it already. There's always a weak link, uh, or sorry, uh, in, in the chain, the weakest weakest point. And the problem is, you meet, you meet uh, the international teams, you know, on the mountain and not in the preparations all these months or years before. And suddenly you trust these guys because they see also professional, you know, they have the same, the same suit or goggles or whatever. But actually you don't know what is, what's in their mind and what their experience are, are actually. And when going uh, tough or wrong, you know, then it counts, you know, what your experience is and, and your responsibility in the past, etc., etc. So your team, hopefully you know them, you know, the best of all. So be aware not to cooperate too fast with another team which you hardly know. And that's one of the mistakes we made in, in that in that you know year 2008. 
that we were with too many and um, we signed all the, 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 the uh, you know, what we promised to each other. So that was clear on paper. But, you know, that's easy talking. You know, if you have a plan, everything is for the plan. But what will happen, you know, when things are going out of control? And that's even, you know, hard with your own team, but with all the other teams around you, it, it's, it's almost impossible, you know, to, to crowd control, actually. I, I actually uh, I was scuba diving last week and it, it actually made me think um, when, whenever I have a podcast like this, I'm, I'm all the time playing things in my head. And as I was scuba diving, I was thinking, God, th this is exactly like being in the death zone. You know, if something goes wrong, it's going wrong quick. If there's too yeah. many people, then then the scuba guide, he has to have two people with him. If you have, if he has ten people with him, how the hell can he sort something out? You know, and it, and it really made me appreciate. And I've not 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 been that high, obviously, on the mountains, but it really made me think. You know, if something goes wrong in that death zone, things go wrong very very quickly. And again, I point I point people back to the film, and I would I would guess you you were probably six hours from from not coming back you know that's how kind of close it can be you know when, when you're up there yes it's a miracle that i'm still sitting you know here and and mm. but that's on the other hand the interesting part you know how can it be that you can survive such a situation you know too long in the dead zone and people were writing mm. the stories on the internet that i couldn't survive this expedition that i should get already etc etc and, and and then their interesting thing starts actually you know that not everything logical you know, and if you zoom in this, you know, in this situation, then I really believe that there is more between heaven and earth, you know, in, in the in the in the uh, energetic way, actually, you know, mm. we are all like human beings with each other, with nature, etc. And if you really, you know, start start studying in this, you know, there is so much to learn and and then you really respect life and, and realize that you are a unique person with unique capabilities. And it's not that I am that big or that, that good or, or brave or whatever, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, yeah, the human spirit which can make the change. And it's, you know, the question for you, if your end or your life will, will or your end in, in some kind of a, a dead valley, you know, and, and there is no way actually to go anywhere. Where are you holding to? You know, what, what are your beliefs, you know? And giving up is an option. But believe me, there is more, you know, uh, in, in life, you know, than our yeah, logical brain actually tells us. And, and, mm. and, and that's the miracle of, of life. And, and that's what I try to inspire other people, you know, that even if you have, haven't a solution, Believe me, there is a solution. The only thing mm. is with time and, and, and space and things like that. But in nature, time doesn't exist. Space doesn't exist. You know, it's only be there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point of sort of being in the moment. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're on instincts at that point, aren't you? You know, you, you are yes. on instincts. N nothing else matters around you. And I mean, on a, on a, on an absolute one percent scale of of what you experienced, I, I was up in 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 the mountains. I was on my own. I I, I do most things alone. Uh, I was about 
1,800 metres, so weather can turn very quickly. I'd got to the mountain, got to the peak. I'd not gone on the right route. I'd come literally stopped for two minutes. I turned around. The weather closed in. The fog came in. I'm in a ping pong ball. I'm on a I'm on a knife edge ridge, and I'm thinking, shit. Right, okay. Just sit down. Just have yes. an energy bar. Just reset. Just calm down. You know, and it literally is the only time when I've really not the adrenaline was starting to go, and I had to really sort of uh, get a grip. My phone, there's no sig, there's no cell signal up there, so you're obviously I'm on a compass and I'm on the map, and I'm then I'm resetting myself. And it, it took me a good few hours to get out of that mess because I'd gone on the wrong side and I couldn't climb back up where I'd come, so on and so on. So on a very smaller scale, I've got to say I do know a little bit of how how it can be in the mountains. Things go wrong very very quickly, and this is leading on to my point about. Something like K2, you don't just go to K2. You have to build up to K2 over tens of years, yeah? Well, it's, or, this is the old uh, school uh, vision, you know, what I really are hanging on, you know. I, I still believe in building up your experiences, taking decisions by yourself, etc., etc. But time are changing, you know. People with too much money can also build a team around them, you know, and... They can't make the decision by themselves. You know, they don't know what to do in a crisis situation. They are freezing, you know, and then other people has to, you know, yeah, to, to take to take control, actually. And that's not the way I like, but it's it's these days, um, yeah, is happening. And, and not only in our sport, you know, it's in Formula One or wherever, or going to the moon, you know, uh, if you pay enough, uh, you can go to the moon. But the question is, what have you done by yourself? Actually, the answer is nothing. Yeah. And it, it, this is the kind of social media, Netflix kind of world. We live in instant instant gratification. I've kind of, yeah. I've, I've touched a bit on this in, in previous podcasts where, where nobody is sort of understanding delayed gratification and thinking and sort of thinking, okay, in, in 10 years, I'm going to go to K2. I'm going to build up. I'm going to, I'm going to do these mountains. I'm going to go to the Alps. I'm going to surround myself with, you know, experienced people. I'm going to learn over 10, 15, 20 years. Then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do things the way, the way, the right way to do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an alpinist. I'm not going to be a tourist. You know, I think a lot of people nowadays, they're choosing to be a tourist. Yeah, and enjoy also the journey in between, you know, but because people are focused on, on, on the gold medal. But, you know, ask all the Olympians, you know, and, and they will tell you, you know, as soon as they got the Olympic medal, you know, yeah, the, the, the ambition or, or the to thrive or, you know, it's it's gone. So it's it's the journey, you know, and, and we, of, of course, we all th- yeah, have lack of time uh, if, if you talk to each other. But, you know, as soon as you are really adapting to nature, you know, you, you, you don't feel the time anymore and you can just en- enjoy and grow. And then finally, this goal, this ultimate goal will come to you instead of that you going, you know, with all your um, yeah, plans and money and, 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 you know, pushing to the goal. And then a lot of time it's go wrong. And then we're asking the question, why did it go wrong? You know, and that's most of the time we were just, too too pushy, too pushy, too, the, pushing the boundaries too much, and then you know, 
you're not respecting life again and nature. And in and, and 2008, that K2, that wasn't your first time on K2, was it? You'd been to K2 before. Yeah, it was my third time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a lot so of you... time in between because I was, you know, selected for a, for a team, you know, in 1995 as a young timer and, and the, the expedition leader at that time had also, you know, a, a smart plan because he needed some younger climbers, you know, who, you know, yeah, uh, who, who are uh, took the, the difficulties, you know, in the House of Chimley on, on that route. Uh, so the older people, you know, could just uh, finish this expedition with their high altitude experiences. Okay. And, and, uh, and so for me, it was a big uh, opportunity at that time. But when I had an, an, an accident as well in that expedition with Rockfall, which is very, um, yeah, normal you know on this road route uh the abruzzi route on the abruzzi ridge um yeah. i i realized you know this is really a mountain too high for me you know because i had a lot of experience i i, I scaled a lot of technical routes in the alps you know i did expeditions to whatever whatever um but first i was realizing you know first i have to build up more experience you know at, at 8000 meter peaks climb without oxygen because it's for me it's the only uh, way you know to do it uh, by fair means but on the other hand also yeah. independent of technology because every year people are dying because of problems with oxygen systems you know and yeah. What what's the deal, you know, if you can climb without, why should you take it, you know, because finally you have more time, you know, and things go wrong if you are acclimatized to that extreme uh, altitude. So it took 13 years and I found a lot of other uh, 8,000 meter peaks and expeditions before I thought, okay, now I'm ready to go. Now I can take the decisions. And first, in the sec second time, I made the mistake that I was buying myself in, in an international team, but without, how can okay. you buy yourself in, in an international team? You buy yourself in, in a, a group of people. That's mm -hmm. something different than a team. And that's what I learned from 2006. I could complain about people who didn't do what they promised, et cetera, et cetera. But I could only, you know, uh, point to myself that how could I have been thinking like that? And that's why I went uh, back for a third time in 2008 with a real connected team, you know, which we could really re rely on each other and a lot of experiences. And that's, I think, one of the reasons that I still survived this expedition because we knew, you know, what we were doing. We took also another road, a route, uh, which was more complicated, but more safe in our opinion. So not a Bucci Ridge, with a lot, a lot of rockfall. Um, and we are still very proud, you know, that we fixed our own ropes, that we re really did everything uh, by ourselves and not by Sherpa teams and, and with helicopters and, and things like that. Yeah, I think I think that's really something to admire in the way that, and it, it really comes out in the film. You, you can really get a feel for for your sort of organisational skills and how you're sort of preparing the mountain yourself. You know, the ropes you lay, you're relying on what you've laid, the route you're relying on, and obviously it comes out in the film a lot more. Obviously, what goes wrong, and and again, things out of yeah. your control, like like we spoke about, and. 
I think I think that's something which we touched on about having you know good people around you. But um, how 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 did you cope with the aftermath? Obviously, it's such a traumatic sort of couple of days. And one thing I, I've always been interested in is is I mean I've I've done some skiing. I did a long ski trip, and I remember I had some really bad injuries on my feet. And I remember on the drive back from that sort of five day expedition, I was like I was a broken man. And, and that's just from some blisters on my feet, you know, it, it's nothing. And then, to, but how do you manage to come back and sort of, you can take the red pill or the blue pill, you know, which way do you go? How, how did you, how did you do that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing process, you know, because when it happened, you know, you don't have a choice, you know, and mm. if the, if it's uh, correct, you knew what you were doing. So you knew the risk. And of course, we always think it's not going to happen to me because, mm. and then the whole story is involved. But finally, it happened. Um, and I think the most wonderful thing for me, or the most healing thing actually for me, was that I was allowed to talk about it. You know, people were interested, mm. would share our story. Suddenly, the whole world was, you know, interested from Algeria to, to BBC to, to ev really everybody. And we didn't have a clue when it happened to us, you know. We were only mm. thinking, who's interested, you know, in, in some, you know, Dutch guys and, and some other international climbers who are climbing the K2. But at that time, it went all, all over the whole world. And, you know, after you were getting so much presentations and then interviews, etc., um, you realize also that on one hand you had very, very bad luck, but on the other hand, there is also a lot of luck involved. Now, and I'm still here. I talk about it, and I'm still um, busy, you know, with this process. And it's not negative. People were thinking I was done with climbing, and it was, was the last mountain, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, as soon as I was recovered. The first thing, uh, my first ambition was to scale, you know, an easy 4,000 meter peak, you know, again, as soon as possible. Because, you know, it's my passion, you know, and I wanted to mm. go back and show, you know, that, that we were really unlucky at that time. And that it's, you know, yeah, it's actually the question in life is how do you face all the setbacks, actually, you know, you, you, in your, yeah, you, you face in, in your life, actually. And it learns me so much, even the imagination, you know, and the respect for life. It's it's not um, an ordinary day in life, you know, today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Every day is really a special day. And for me, um, I in my reserve time, it's it's stupid to say, but you know, it's not logical that I'm still here. Uh, I had also some other, um, you know, accidents in the past. I was also lost in desert in Africa uh, a long time ago. And these moments makes that you that you take not every day for granted. And when it finished, that you say, "Hey, listen, guys, I had the most beautiful time of my life. You know, I have done everything mm -hmm. what 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 I'm capable of capable uh, was for." And we are we are living in one of the richest countries in the world. So if you really want to do something, you know, and you say it it is not possible, you're on the wrong errors uh, with me, you know, because I really yeah, yeah. believe everything is possible. And of course, you know, there maybe there are some exceptions, but in most cases, if people have something in their mind, you know, and you meditate on that, and you really manifest manifest uh, mm. on this, you know. 
find the right kind of people. Most of the time, uh, not your family, because they say, no, no, you know, this, this is not a good idea we're going to do. But you will always find, you know, equal-minded people, and you can make the change, you know. And even when you don't finish or, 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 or summit or, or whatever, the journey you make will always be grateful, you know, that, that the guy to, to, to go left instead of going right, you know, what every, every, uh, most of us are doing. Finally, you ask the question, uh, what are your plans? And, and, and then they say, yeah, actually, I don't have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you know, there is a big chance that you start uh, think negative or, or, or give the, the, you know, the blame the politician of the crisis or whatever. Mm. And, you know, you human being, you know, we, we, we should be ashamed, you know, in, in not making the difference on what kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really important as well that what, what I tend to do is I think is it's so important to have a baseline. So so for me, my baseline is is one hour cardio every day. Somebody said, oh, what are you training for? And I'm, I'm not training for anything. I'm just making sure my baseline is fit. And then when I need yes. to when when I need to go. I'll be ready. So I start I start compounding onto that baseline. So I have my running every day. Then I have yes. cycling. Then then I will step up the training for what I need. Then okay, if I'm yes. going skiing, if I'm going skiing, I'll start to do some ski training. And I think a lot of people you, they sort of have these ideas in the mountains. Oh, I want to do this, and, but they they don't load the baseline with what they need every day, you know. Yeah. And then they go and they go and try it. And we're talking sort of maybe amateur people. Oh, I want to go and climb Mount Snowden or I want to do a marathon, you know, and, and, and they don't build the baseline up enough, you know. They just go and do it. They don't enjoy it. And then they, they quit. They're back. Oh, no, that's not for me. And they kind of live this life in perpetual sort of trying to do the grand things without loading the baseline, putting the work in every day, you know. And I think that's that's super important nowadays. Yeah, and, and this baseline is not only the physical level. Uh, it's, it's also the baseline mm. you know, on the mental level, emotional level, even the spiritual level. And even, even every time you know you challenge yourself, you will grow and understand a little bit more about yourself and life and, you know, yeah, become respective and, and at, at least grateful, you know, uh, for, 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 yeah, for all the time we got. Mm. And I think one thing I wanted to touch on with you as well was the sort of, I'm I'm going to say Nims die uh, yeah. from the Netflix from the Netflix film. I, I kind of watched the Netflix film, very well produced film. Uh, I also read Explorers Web, which I tend to really trust for for mm-hmm. sort of giving giving a good honest account of things in the mountains, for example, and and leading on from sort of what Nims die started with this kind of. I call it kind of like elite tourism. It's like if you have the sort of will to do it and you have enough money, you you can do it, you know? And, and it's, I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to pass comment on this kind of thing because I've, I've never gone on oxygen. I've never tried to climb a mountain. I wouldn't do it that way. I, I would do it by fair means, exactly like you've done, which obviously Messner, uh, um, Hans Kamalander, these kind of people that they started with this, 
Um, what's your sort of take on on where the mountains are now? You see the queues on 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 Everest. Then God forbid you see a queue on a queue on K two, which to me is just mental. To yeah. to queue under a Serac at eight thousand two hundred meters is just crazy to me. More so than the queues on Everest. But but what's mm-hmm. your sort of feeling when you see these sort of pictures? I sometimes I'm I'm you know uh, maybe I, I I'm also a, a old guy uh, in between. But you know I really think that this this is not the the, the sustainable way. You know on on a lot of uh, um, uh, levels actually because it's the easy way. You know and and mm-hmm. if you want it the easy way, it's 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 best for me. But the problem is there are so many people killed. You know, on this way uh, is f- f- totally unnecessary. But as soon as people, you know, sell a pro- uh, sell an adventure for you, you know, and they say, listen, mm-hmm. we are the management, we organize everything, we have everything on under control, we have our uh, sherpas, we have helicopters, we have ropes, we have oxygen, etc., etc. Um, it's it's fine to me. The problem is the clients can't you know they can't even think about you know the worst scenario because they've never been in that kind of situation and if things go wrong things go really really wrong you know and mm. and you're lucky it's only one dead casualty but if you are unlucky you know there are many more and it's a way of yeah a waste of time but also yeah, a waste of energy and a waste of karma you know because the, the people you should, oh, sorry, the, the mountain you should respect, you know, and, and not disrespect by by using it as a product, actually. Uh, and, of course, it's a, a smart business model on an economical level. It's totally disrespectful. And, and finally, nature will will decide and, and, and come in, you know. Then things are uh, going wrong. Then the media is starting involved, and they coming to you. They ask, "Oh, well, what is what 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 uh, what a try or what a tragedy?" But in my opinion, it's not a tragedy. You know, people knew before what they would go to. Organizations, you know, yeah, actually they 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 tell a story which isn't the full story. And finally, mm. this is going to happen. So, if the journalists are not critical enough, you know, about writing. The, the, the true stories, you know, that if somebody says, listen, I've scaled this mountain, then you can ask the question, how did you scale this mountain? Who was bringing all the oxygen bottles uh, up the mountain? Uh, did you use the, the helicopters, etc., uh, etc.? Et and, you know, now in Nepal, the same things are going on, which is, is going on in Europe that the level between the poor people and the rich people are, are getting bigger and bigger and bigger because there are a few people who are making so much money and actually we have learned that at them, you know, to do it that way, yeah, the capital system. Yeah. Um, but we have learned from that. So how can we, you know, support this, you know? And, and of course, you know, Maybe when I shoot, when I was living in Nepal and I saw the opportunities, I, I did the same. But we have to 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 make up our mind, you know, to, to be critical on this, also on the moral side, you know, because the story come to 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 Europe as well, you know, that people were stepping over over dead bodies and things like that. 
And if it's clear, it's not a problem. But people are really surprised that, this, this, that, that these things are happening in the mountains. You tell the whole story. And that's not what's happening. And, and so the whole sport is actually devaluating because people also complaining to me and say, your colleagues, what, what a kind of people are that, you know? And I can't blame them because they don't know how, 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 this, in, in how this industry is actually developing or developing. Yeah, I mean, uh, recently in Norway, obviously, we, we have a, um, a woman, Christine Harilla, who, who recently beat Nims Dye's um, 14, 14 peaks record. And again, I have... I can't comment again. And obviously climbing 14, 8,000 meter peaks, I'm sure is a massive athletic achievement mm -hmm. and logistical achievement. But again, going back to the fair means and, and she had a Sherpa with her for the whole 14 peaks. And we don't know how many he, he climbed, but again, you know, if you're, if you're having everything carried for you, if you're having your tent prepared, if your rope, if the ropes are being put in place, if you're taking helicopters across the Kumbu Icefall, or maybe not, maybe she did, nobody really knows. Helicopters to go to Manaslu to put kit at, at the sort of second base on Manaslu and all these kind of things. It, it kind of seems to me that it, it's not an it's not a, an alpinist achievement, as in what Messner did or, or like yourself, th this is more of a logistical achievement of being able to manage the logistics of, of getting to the top of the mountain without the actual physical feat of doing it. If you understand me. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's the way you say, you know, it's nothing to do with mountaineering, you know, if, if mm. such, a, such kind of people, you know, fall in a crevasse, they can't mm. save themselves. You know, they, they don't have an, even the tools on, 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 their, on their harness, mm. you know. The eye crews, you know, they are there. All the other tools, because the personal Sherpa is wearing everything for, for this person, actually. So, you know, yeah, you make yourself fully depending on somebody else, you know. But mm -hmm. it's, it's very risky. And, and at the end, um, you know, I should still have the question, could I have done it without all those people, you know? Because mm -hmm. what was my role? Where took I the decision? Because they, they decide for you, you know? And that's, that's with the logistical thing, that's with the, the weather kind of thing, that's with food, that's with everything. So you are a puppet or, or a, a, a robot, actually, and and mm -hmm. else okay now you have to walk you know now we go to there you have to click on the ropes follow the follow me actually and 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 by the way there is also somebody somebody behind you you know and yeah for me it's 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 an event you know? and and you know events are very nice but it's nothing to do you know with with yeah with 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 adventure and, and pushing the, the limits by yourself because you don't know actually what you are doing. And, and again, when things are going wrong, you don't know what to do. Mm. I saw, I saw a great, the, there's a, ser there's a series on YouTube and uh, it's called, um, uh, it's, it's about Russell Bryce's uh, guiding company on, on Everest. I can't remember yeah. exactly what it's called, but, but it, it's a ser uh, it's a documentary following following his he, guiding he, company. 
on the steering wheel, like with a dashboard in front of him, and he is really giving the orders, you know, to the turbo. This is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's a there's an English guy on on his uh, on his uh, group, and he yeah. and he wants him to go. He wants him to climb Everest via the the north face, the north side, go up via the west side, go down the, the north side, come back. And he would have been the first person to do the double oh, yeah. traverse, the double traverse. Yeah. And and he actually got to the other side. And and I, I, you got to take your hat off to him because he said, I, I'm not going to do it because it's not me doing it. It's the Sherpa doing it. Exactly. It will be mine. It will be my name. It will be my name on the record. But the Sherpa is doing it. He's fixing my oxygen. He's changing yeah. my tanks. And he actually stopped and said, "No, it's not right. I have to." I, his name was David, David something, and it comes okay. across a really good guy. And he just yeah. said, "No, it's it's not me. It's the Sherpa doing this. I can't take this uh, record." And I thought that and, was quite a good moment. Yeah, and and actually, that's the interesting process, you know, as a human being, that you realize, you know, do I give the credits to the right kind of people? You know, and in most situations. Mm. We are proud of what we are doing, but if you are really honest and you look around, there are all these people around you who were actually make it possible for you. Mm. On one hand, it's about the financial thing, you know, but it's also your wife or or or, or, or your your husband or or your sponsors or or, or whatever, um, and your motivation should be clear for yourself you know you can you can talk about motivation you know to outside world but finally you sell you have to live with it and and again the reason why i climbed for example uh, mount everest without oxygen was pure the question can i face the problem as a human being climbing the highest mountain on earth just by myself and and not you know also with other people but not using bottled oxygen because then when I should uh, going home, I would have always the, the, the question the rest of my life, could I have also done it without doping? Because mm. that's what oxygen is, you know? And, and yeah. for me, you know, if you are talking about sport performance, you know, you have to do it by yourself. And of course mm. you, you can, you can, people have around you, but you know you have you have you have the boss about you know the decision making process, and if you don't make the decisions by yourself or or at least you know with your team on an equal level, not from an expedition leader or whatever, that's the most you know honorable way you know to achieve something, and and then you are proud and 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 yeah, you are you are honest you know. To yourself that you've done it, you know, you and your team, and not uh, by Sherpa or helicopters or whatever. I think it, it raises an interesting sort of ethical point about the sort of commercialization and, and capitalization of, of the mountains, and and obviously you will know go going to Everest without oxygen, your acclimatization time is two times more, th th three yeah. times more. So so for for these guiding companies to sort of get clients up and down the mountain from a commercial point of view, they're getting to get paid the same and do it in two or three times less, you know, That's, and, and there that, you go. That's the, what's the smart idea of, of names, as you know, he's raised in Europe as well, you know, so hmm. he has learned, you know, 
to to what what is an economical way you know to 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 do this to do this and make the business more efficient a, a bloody word of course efficient and to be efficient mm. in the mountain but you know he said actually to all these kind different kind of companies listen let's work there. you go to mountain a you go to mountain b you go to mountain c etc you do all the the infrastructure and as soon you are all ready we will share the, the, the clients to go to to, to 14 8000 and of course you know it's a, it's a practical way of thinking to make a lot of money but time is something you actually have to get rid of you know when you are in the nature because mm. we are always in a hurry and i can't um yeah how do you say that um it, it's not a race you know if if you want to mm. compete to, to anybody you know be my guest but mountaineering is different from any kind of sport in my opinion because it's not a race to compete not a human being it's a race or competing yourself against nature and time is 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 a stupid factor because then then you you are going to to think of these kind of efficient you know with using helicopters for the teams who are bringing the oxygen bottles because you have the ambitions to do it in three months. But, you know, you, you, you can be more happy in climbing one mountain you know, by yourself, uh, even when it's a 6,000 meter peak, you know, mm. by a new or whatever, in a new uh, uh, environment without, without audience. You know, you will be astonished how, how proud and, and how, how, how your imagination will, will grow, you know, about everything. And, and, yeah, that, that's a, a big, big difference. Instead of going to an event where thousands of people, you know, living in some kind of a village, you know, all on the oxygen bottles, you don't recognize anymore because you are a robot, you know, and, and you mm. remember, ah, it's the orange guy, you know, who's belonging to my team. It's, 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 and, and nobody is responsible anymore for, for anybody. You know, if mm. you're, you're living in a village, you know, you hope your neighbor will help you. But, but on these mountains, you're living in a city. Nobody will come to help you because they don't even know you. And it happened also in the, in the commercial teams. It's sometimes it exists of eight, eight climbers. But even these eight climbers doesn't know each other. Mm. Yeah, it sort of takes me back to sort of what, what Uli Stack achieved, you know, the, the way Uli Stack would, would kind of do do his expeditions you know the sort of I, I would probably say the last sort of I'm sure there's more but to, to me Uli Stett was sort of the ultimate alpinist you know you know doing things on his own obviously he got into some got into some trouble on Everest with with the Sherpas and things like that and it kind of I'm pretty sure that that kind of incident where he was got sort of attacked with uh Simone Moro I'm guessing that probably put a lot of put a lot of people off that kind yeah. of alpinism and it's almost like uh, maybe mafia is a strong word but it's almost like a mafia on the mountains that's kind of stopping alpinism in the high sort of 8000s yeah i think you know we have to choose our battles you know and, and mm. as soon as, on one hand we are also you know uh, responsible for that you know because if you're bringing mm. the stories to the world you know how beautiful it is you know people will go there 
And then finally, you know, you, you sh actually these days you shouldn't go to the highlights anymore because there are too much people, you know, there's too much yeah, commercial. Yeah. So you should actually go on a real adventure, you know, so climb outside the season, which is also possible because climate change, you know, doesn't predict mm. any, anything uh, anymore. But, um, and on the other hand, um, yeah, you know, if you really don't want to face these teams and, uh, you know, you should really go to, yes, to all the mountains and, and find some, some other routes. But, but the, the thing is, you know, that's not interesting for the commercialization, you know, if you want to find sponsors, then of course you, you, you have to climb K2 or Mount Everest or, or, or say, I will do it in half the time, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the question you have to answer, but I know the answer finally. And, and, yeah, maybe it's 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 all those years that I've been in this world, you know, that it's not about the summit, you know, it's not about uh, the, the, the the time skill or, or or a competition or or whatever. It's about the journey, you know. You you face yourself with some some difficulties, and when it's getting too easy, you will forget it and you go to the next you know thing on the bucket list. But when it's almost broke you then you have really you know something which you will remember all your life and you will exponential make a, a, a grow mindset you know in, in you know understand something more about how things are working for yourself and etc etc so to come back on my you know a2 experience in 2008 it was triumph and tragedy you know it was triumph because we worked so hard we were so proud but everything changed in one yeah, fucking night, actually. And then, you know, this whole expedition turned from triumph, three months of hard working, in one night to tragedy. And of course, everybody talking about this tragedy. But if I look to the photo, Gerard, who was my team member who, 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 were, who was killed on this mountain because he tried to save somebody else's life, is hanging here on the wall. And I'm looking almost every day to this picture, seeing his smile in his face, looking to the to, to the to the sky, you know. And and I knew that this was the most proud moment of his life. We were so proud. And again, that it went wrong on the night because he tried to save somebody else. That that's what we know, you know, today. But but that's not about that. It's about you know, the change you can make, you know, in your life. And, and the question is, what would you have done? You know, and when the house is on fire, are you running away, which is a good adv advice? Or are you going back to into the, in the building because there is somebody, you know, you are looking or you have the feeling I can, you know, save somebody else's life. And that, that is maybe the biggest symbol you can make in your life, you know, saving a life of somebody else. But everybody is reacting differently. And the interesting part is actually we don't know how we should, um, uh, which choice we, we will be made at that moment. Because it's depending on so much, you know, variable, variable uh, um, mm. choice. And, and, and as soon as you realize this, hopefully we are a little bit more aware of our, you know, Thing, he is fault or you know th this is good and that that is wrong because it's not about doing things good or wrong it's about 
what would you would you have be be doing and maybe a few years later because of all your experience you make different choices and 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 i'm always telling you know that everyone wants to become 100 years old or whatever we also know that probably we won't make it and the question is what are you going into doing in between is it enough when you are 30 when you're 40 50 60 i don't know but what i know is when i'm when i'm killed tomorrow or i will be sick tomorrow or whatever believe me i'm really proud and 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 grateful for everything i have i've been doing especially with the really uh, beautiful people around me um uh, yeah that's my my what, what my life makes uh, interesting the things i've done with beautiful people around me and sometimes it's it's people who i love but sometimes it's, it's all, they are our colleagues, you know, um, are maybe not the best friends, but we helped each other, you know, on the biggest dream we, we had. I mean, the that's really in, inspiring stuff. And I think uh, it, it sort of reminds me of uh, of sort of Borg Ausland and, and uh, Mike Horn, their, their kind of story, how they, when they went to the North Pole in winter and, and you listen to them both and they both, hated it they didn't hate each other but they, they they were not friends they didn't get along they spoke two words every day to each other that they, but but they they were just yin and yang and now yes. now obviously as as they've got older now that the best friends I, I think that's a really great sort of story about that you know you yeah. you have you you surround yourself with people who are who who are going to respect you but are going to give you honest feedback you know if you're not and again going back to going back to k2 i know we've been on it for a while but it, it was something that, that that struck home was you were demanding and as were your colleagues that you were with were demanding the, the highest standards and when when you don't see those high standards being met you, there's a couple of times in the film i can sort of see in your eyes you're like no i'm not this fucking guy's not not where i need him to be you know you, you you've got to have those high standards Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 so difficult because you know I everybody is allowed you know to go anywhere, but you know as, as soon as you come higher up the mountain, it's getting more and more important. You know, in 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 um, yeah, warning people actually, you know, mm-hmm. if if they if they don't see this the same thing you see, and sometimes people see more than me, but please tell me. And, and, you know, if somebody who is more experienced than me, you know, warned me for something and say, hey, listen, your, your, your equipment is right or whatever, or you don't have a tent or you're not acclimatized, please go down. I, I respect that advice. But, you know, there are too many people who are still born and say, fuck off, you know, uh, you, you, you can't decide what, what I'm, uh, what, that I'm going, you know, for the summit, even when I'm not fully acclimatized. But the problem is, at high altitude, finally, somebody is collapsing. The outside world will judge you that you didn't yeah. help him. And that's difficult, you know. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you, do, that you not should help somebody. But the problem, most of the time, which is uh, happening, what happened also with Jer on K2, who was trying to save somebody else's life, is that these, these kind of people finally lost their own life mm. and and that's because of the difficult situation there's no yeah. right 
Yeah, that that was a tragedy in the film and uh, quite quite touching part of the film. But uh, K two, well, that's really uh, fascinating. Wilco, I, I'm conscious of the time, and I just mm-hmm. want to quickly talk about what your current projects are. I know you're involved with with Team Ocean, so just quickly explain a bit more about that and tell the listeners about it. Yeah, that is an interesting story. Uh, a while ago, in, in the COVID crisis, actually, uh, there were four uh, ladies, uh, women, uh, from, from which I knew, and they were coming to me, and they had a plan. They wanted to row an ocean. And they were asking me, you know, to have a mental training on this, you know, because what to do, you know, mentally, if you only see water around you, and, you know, on the polar... Um, yeah, on the North Pole, South Pole, you have only, you know, uh, uh, snow around you and, and whiteness. And so I, I gave them this this this, this mental uh, training. Actually, I said, I wish you the best of all, you know, I will follow you. But what you are going to do, I will never do this. You know, I'm not an ocean lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. But the interesting thing is, you know, that in COVID crisis, I sailed the ocean with two friends. And then finally, you know, something was yeah, growing inside me without knowing, you know, that I was respecting the ocean so much because, you know, if you are sailing the Atlantic, it's 6,000 meters deep. 6,000 meters you can't comprehend. And if you are getting back on, on land, you realize how vulnerable we are, you know, on this little landscape, mm. actually. I was always involved with, you know, in climate change, et cetera, et cetera. But this time I thought um, maybe we should do something with this. And with one of the ladies, I started a new project, Team Ocean. I said, I can, you know, say, okay, this I'm not going to do because, and then you say, I'm not a rower, I, I don't have this or whatever. Or I say just yes. And I think if people say in their life a little bit more yes, something they don't know life will get much more interesting because you have to learn everything and everybody is you know um motivated to learn you as, as soon as you say listen i don't know i don't have a clue please help me so i i was going to talk, talk to all the ocean rowers i read the books i i, I watched the videos etc and then finally you know we have our own boat our own team with two uh, experimented rowers actually and Mountaineers, and we said, let's row the ocean and and let's uh, try to get more awareness around this water element because this will our biggest problem in the in, in the future. And we mm-hmm. did we really have no clue. We are talking about plastic in the ocean, etc., and energy crisis and and and, uh, and all the all the other kind of crises. But water is really you know, connecting us all. Everything what we make, you know, is depending mm. on water. And we don't have any glue. We think still that there is, you know, this cycle and that water is always going, getting back. But what we're doing is that water we use actually is, is, is you know, is contaminated or, 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 you know, poisoned or whatever going into the ocean. And finally, the fresh water supply, you know, which is on the Antarctic, the biggest uh, fresh water supply in frozen state, which is, of course, melting, is getting mm. less, 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 less and less. And of course, you can make it clean by filtration or whatever. Actually, we don't get it as clean as we get it from nature, but that's another point. 
but that costs a lot of energy. And finally, you know, glaciers will melt, you know, people will, will, will immigrate because, you know, if you don't have water, what to do? And this, you know, we have to do something with, with, with all of us. So we thought, let's row the ocean and let's be vulnerable, you know, and feel how tiny we are and come back, you know, and try to inspire, especially the youth, you know, in this in water um, awareness, actually, because as, as, as long as we flush the toilet with clean water, you know, it's ridiculous. You can't explain this to, to children. No, and it's the Atlantic Ocean that you're rowing. We are going to the Pacific Ocean, so we want to. Oh, wow. We are going. We are going to row from San Francisco to Hawaii, and wow. that's what in my mind that I've climbed the seven summits as well. But on some pictures, there is a, a, a mountain on Hawaii, which is called the highest mountain when you cal make the calculation from the bottom of the uh, sea. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so we said, okay, let's row to this island. Then the two mountaineers take the two ocean rowers, you know, to the summit. And that will be a nice, inspiring story. Wow, that's brilliant. That's uh, That brings us to a, a great end. Uh, I wish you all the best of luck with that project. I keep following that. So just for our listeners, where can they follow that? Do you have a website for that? Yes, on uh, teamocean.nl. And otherwise, my own website, uh, teamwilco.nl, but you will see in the subscription uh, as well. And uh, and if you Google my name, you will uh, you will get all my new uh, adventures as well. Brilliant. I will. I'll put all that information into the show notes for anyone who's who's keen to uh, research yeah. further and, and follow you. But Wilco, thanks again for your time. That's been absolutely inspiring. Uh, all the best with everything else in the future, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll stay in touch. Yourself too. And uh, a lot of fun along the way. Thanks, mate. Just a quick footnote to say thanks for listening and please like and subscribe on your podcast provider. And please feel free to share on any social media platform. Thanks again.